Hi everyone, I've got a challenge to start us off today. I'm going to sing the opening part of a well-known song and I'm going to stop and at that point I want you to see if you can carry on with the next line. So here we go. Way, way back many centuries ago, not long after the Bible began, Jacob lived in the land of Canaan, a fine example of a family man. Jacob, Jacob and sons, depended on farming to earn their keep. Well, we're going to be looking at the story of Joseph in the coming weeks here at Closed on Sunday. And the question that comes to us today is, is your life reflective of the musical Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? Or does it reflect Joseph in the Bible? In the last few weeks here at Close on Sunday, we've been looking at the story of Jacob. And today we pick it up in chapter 37, where Jacob and his sons, all 12 of them, are in the land of Canaan and they're earning their life from their sheep and from the fields. And Joseph, Jacob's favourite son, is having dreams and he's sharing those dreams with his brothers. And they're not taking those dreams too well. And we're going to pick up today's reading in verse 11 of chapter 37 and the words are going to come on the screen as I read them. His brothers were jealous of him, that's Joseph, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem and Israel, that's Jacob's other name, said to Joseph, as you know your brothers are grazing the flocks for Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to, to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off to the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, What are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they're grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those, these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. From that point on in the story, Joseph is taken off to slavery in Egypt and the 11 brothers return to Jacob. They tear up the coat and they cover it in goat's blood and they mourn their brother whom they have sold into slavery in Egypt. 
In chapter 38, we hear a story about Judah and how his family emerges and the troubles that he gets into. And then in the beginning of chapter 39, we pick up the story with Joseph being a servant in Potiphar's house, an Egyptian ruler. And we see that the Lord is with him and is blessing everything that Joseph is doing. It's quite a change in the story. And what I believe the Lord wants us to understand from that part of the story today is that he, God, uses our circumstances to shape our character for his purposes. This is what happened in Joseph's story. God used Joseph's circumstances to shape his character for God's purposes. Uh, when Joseph was taken off into slavery, he'd been thrown into the cistern, into the pit, and he'd been betrayed by his brothers. But what we see in the story of Joseph is that he makes the transition from being tactless to tactful and arrogant to humble and thinking about his own dreams to interpreting other dreams. The dreams that he had were bringing about division But the dreams that he then interprets bring about unity and blessing. It's not in the text, but elsewhere in the Bible, we see in Romans that God uses those circumstances of Joseph being in the pit. God uses suffering to bring about perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. So in Joseph's journey, from the loss of identity, from the loss of his family, to the new place that he was being sent, in that journey, God was shaping Joseph's character. But what we see in this setting is that God was shaping Joseph's character like a sculptor shapes the stone, chipping away at it from the outside. The good news I want you all to hear today is that God will do the same thing in us, but from the inside out. He will use the circumstances of our lives to shape our characters for his purposes, but not by chipping away from the outside, but by filling us out from the inside. Not by chipping away at the outside, but by filling us out from the inside. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are given the fruit of the Spirit. And that fruit can fill us out. It can fill the gap when our character is challenged. A lot of us today are facing new circumstances. We're facing new challenges. We've lost what we had like Joseph had lost it. And we are um, in a pit we are in a pit of uncertainty, all of us. Some of us in the midst of that uncertainty are in a pit of fear, some of us anxiety, others grief. But whatever has happened to us, we are all collectively in that cistern, in that pit, and facing the challenges 
of these new circumstances. And God is wanting to help us all in these new circumstances. He wants to shape our character for his purposes. When I was in my early 20s, I went from a powerful and well-paid job to a role in our local church that wasn't very powerful and wasn't very well paid at all. And I struggled with that loss of identity and I knew that that was my pride and I knew that the antidote to that was humility, but I tried to be more humble. (laughs) And in trying to be more humble, I just became a more angular character wrestling trying to knock my pride off myself. It was only in meeting with God and in remembering that I'm filled with his Holy Spirit that I was able to surrender to him and his work in me. And that then enabled me to live in a more godly way in those circumstances. He has been doing this for a long time. He's very good at it. He's a lot better than us at it. And he wants us just to acknowledge the struggles that we have and to allow him to shape our character from the inside out. Now, the question comes to us today. Are we living in the musical or are we living in the Bible? When Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber came to write the musical Joseph and His Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, they wrote God out of the script. And sometimes we as Christians write God out of the script. We think that he's only there in the good times, but when we face challenges, it's as if something has gone wrong and the script hasn't been written right. And so we find ourselves in the pit um, on the journey to the place that we never wanted to go, questioning what's going on and getting cross and not allowing him to shape us from the inside out. When we come to the Bible and we see that God is asking us to rejoice in our sufferings because our sufferings produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Then we come to those moments differently, knowing that he is present in them and wanting to change us. So are we living our lives in the musical or are we living our lives in the Bible when we find ourselves in the pit, in the place where we've lost what we have and are facing new challenges? In our little churches today or wherever we are discussing it, I want us to think about that question and to think about what is God putting his finger on in our lives? What are the aspects of our character that are particularly coming to the surface and allow him to do what he wants to do in us, that we might repent of what we have been doing wrong and where we've falsely um, placed our trust in other things that he might change us from the inside out.